music fans of the world, welcome once again to the I'm in Love With That Song podcast, where twice a month we explore a different song. On this episode, we'll be listening to If It Takes a Lifetime by Cheap Trick. My name is Brad Page, and thank you for joining me once again for this podcast. Excuse me for a moment while I take a sip of this fine Mountain Dew. That is my third Mountain Dew of the day, and you know what they say about the third one, it's always the best one of the day. So, my guess is, if you're listening to this podcast, then you're deep into music like me. There's nothing that moves you like a great song. And what I try to do here is to dig into these great songs to get a better understanding of why they work so well. What is it about them that makes us love them so much? This time around, we're diving into If It Takes a Lifetime by Cheap Trick. Cheap Trick has been around for decades, and I think the predictable thing to do will be to go back to one of their original classic albums and pick a song from there, but I thought I'd approach it a little differently. I think Cheap Trick made one of their best albums ever in 2006, an album called Rockford. This record is great. I could have literally picked any song from this album. It's that good. This was still the original lineup of Cheap Trick, with Robin Zander on vocals, Rick Nielsen on guitars and backing vocals, Tom Peterson on bass, and Bun E. Carlos on drums. This song, It Takes a Lifetime, was written by Robin, Tom, Rick, Bun E., and Julian Raymond. It was also produced by the four guys in the band with Julian. Also appearing on the track are keyboards played by Kim Bullard and bagging vocals by Robin Taylor Zander, that's Robin's son. With a single whack from the snare drum, they kick it off with guitar and drums. It's a classic cheap trick power pop riff. Here comes the bass. Tom is anchoring the track by playing eighth notes on the bass. If you say my name, what gives you Robin's vocal is restrained here, but not for long. You can just barely hear some keyboards in the background here. some sustaining guitar feedback there from Rick Nielsen. So here's the first chorus, and before we play through it, I want to talk about it for a minute. Robin will sing the first line, and then the backing vocals will echo it. But then the reference point shifts without changing the order, so that Robin is now echoing the backing vocals rather than the other way around. Let's work through it, and you'll see what I mean. So there you have Robin singing the lead vocal and the backing vocals echoing it. Now, let's listen to the rest of the chorus. Yeah. 
So you still have the same sequence of lead vocal, then backing vocal, lead vocal, backing vocal. But the perspective shifts so that the lead vocal is now repeating what the backing vocal says instead of the other way around. They've changed who goes first without ever changing the order. That is a neat little trick. Let's play the whole chorus again. They repeat the chorus again, so listen for that perspective shift one more time. chorus with a memorable melody, a great hook, easy to sing along to, all based on a simple lyric with a little twist thrown in, that makes for a classic cheap trick chorus. So after the chorus, the intro riff returns for a couple of bars before the next verse. And there's another little trick at the end of the riff that they throw in. It comes to an abrupt halt and the pitch drops. It's like if you put your thumb on the turntable or on the tape reel and stopped it from spinning. Let's play that. That's so cool. <laughs> I want to play that little part again. Alright, now let's see how that leads into the second verse. Once again, there's a tiny bit of keyboards and guitar feedback, too. Got secrets I can't keep, can't hide what you're doing to me, yeah. Now all I wanna do. That second verse is only half as long as the first verse. It goes right into the chorus this time. It's a little tough to hear, but it sounds like there's some keyboards playing a quick arpeggio up and down in the background here. There's a new chord change here. The main riff is back, but this time, what they're playing behind it and the keyboards they've layered on top of it make it sound a lot darker, more ominous than before. The third verse is just vocals, drums, and a keyboard part that sounds like a mellotron. Now it's just bass, drums, and vocals. And now the keyboards are emulating a string part that has not appeared before. A great little gritty vocal delivery there from Robin Zander. He's one of the great voices in rock. Really underrated. I'm of you, but I can't believe it's true. 
listen to how big the guitars sound behind the chorus. That is textbook Rick Nielsen. Now they add a new part as they drive to the finish. It's a short little section, but it's important because it adds something new before the song starts to feel too repetitive. It keeps your ear engaged. I particularly like the background vocals there and the way Tom Peterson's bass jumps between low notes and high notes. The riff returns one final time. There's a lot of layers here. The keyboards are swirling over the top, backing vocals deep in the mix, all building on that darker vibe. Remember She's So Heavy by The Beatles? We're in that territory. Cheap Trick, if it takes a lifetime. Cheap Trick have done something that very few artists ever achieve. Most bands are lucky if they hit a peak once in their career. But Cheap Trick have done it at least twice. They hit the big time with the Budokan live album in the 1970s, and then Dream Police, and then their success dwindled. But they made a big comeback in the 1980s, had big hits with songs like The Flame. Now, say what you will about those songs. I know some Cheap Trick fans are not crazy about that period. But those hits gave the band a second wind that's allowed them to maintain a successful career right through to today. Very few bands are able to have a second act like that. Aerosmith is one that comes to mind, but it just doesn't happen that often. Once the public moves on, it's hard to achieve that level of success again, but Cheap Trick have been able to do it. In large, I think it's because they've always been one of the hardest working bands in show business. They still average about 150 shows a year, and as this song shows, they're still making great new music well past most bands' expiration date. If you liked what you heard here and would like to know more about this album, you should check out the podcast called Cheap Talk with Trick Chat, where hosts Ken Mills, Brian Cramp, and author Robert Lawson dedicated two whole episodes to the Rockford album. It's worth a listen. So, thanks once again for listening, and a special shout-out to Michael Butler from the Rock and Roll Geek Show podcast. Please come back again for another adventure in podcast land. I'd love to hear your feedback, so please find me on Facebook. Just search for the I'm In Love With That Song podcast or send an email to lovethatsongpodcast at gmail.com. And please write a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to the podcast. That definitely helps new people to find the show. Now, let's close out this episode with the full uninterrupted version of If It Takes a Lifetime by Cheap Trick. Yeah.